Rob, you're on with David Nicky. Rob, good morning. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going well. It's great to hear your voice. I wanted to tell you that I knew ahead of time in chatting with you about running all over the place that we have an audience out here in Wisconsin that's all about running. It's a great running community. Brilliant stuff. And any runner's a friend of mine. Amen. Amen. There's um, so much to talk about, but let's just dive in with uh, Becoming Forest. So you've got the book out in paperback now. Uh, One man's epic run across America. For people who haven't heard uh, about you doing this, what exactly did you do? Well, one day, uh, for a couple of uh, particularly good reasons, I got in a, got out of a barber shop in Mobile, Alabama. I put on my uh, Nike Cortez, pulled on a red Bubba Gump cap, and started running west towards Santa Monica. And when I got there, I figured since I got that far, I may as well turn around, keep on going. Then when I got to another ocean, I figured, well, may as well keep on going. And uh, eventually, I found myself in Wisconsin. <laughs> so becoming Forrest, what I'm picturing is out of the movie, you kind of look like Forrest Gump when you were running. Yeah, I basically, uh, I, you know, I look like the typical uh, mid-level indie guitarist. I've got sort of, I've uh, got more of a beard now, but then I had stubble and sort of shoulder-length hair and... I just basically went and I got the high and tight, the cutthroat shave, and apart from trimming my moustache every now and again to get, uh, you know, sort of burger juice out of it, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't touch any of my hair until the end. That's amazing. So uh, for you running that far, I know there's some people who they work so hard to work up to running like a 5K or maybe a marathon. You went across the country several times. I mean, your total was, what, 15,600 miles. It took 422 days and two boxes of chocolate to do this. <laughs> At what point did you start really hurting? Uh, well, the hairs actually started quite quickly. Um, the first few days, like, sort of, you know, I know that you've got a lot of runners listening to, in today. And I was, uh, I was lucky enough that I, you know, I had done a, a good bit of running before, but I didn't do any specific training for this. I figured I may as well, if I'm running eight hours a day, I may as well be making progress. And so um, the first few days I was clicking along at seven minutes, seven minutes, 30 pace. And my, my girlfriend said I was running too quick. I said I was running fine. Uh, but it was like 400 miles in in Houston. I started getting this sort of stabbing pain in my shin, which you know, I kind of brushed off as a growing pain. This is after the blisters, of course. Um, and one day I got up from a chair and my shin creaked and it continued to creak. And it turned out it was a tendonitis in my shin. And so I saw a, a physio called Whitney in Houston. And um, and then she patched me up. I got tendonitis in my Achilles after that, but I just, you know, followed her advice and seemed to work okay. I tore my quad in Arkansas uh, and managed to battle through, uh, you know, all the way up the East Coast. And not long, to be honest, after I got through sort of uh, Wisconsin and into Minnesota, I developed like a sort of a bit of a pelvic abdominal issue that kind of took me on and off to the end. Man, wow. So where is the hardest part to run in the United States? Well, for me, if I hadn't, I had support for about 50% of the route. And if I hadn't had support through uh, North Dakota and uh, like sort of eastern Montana, I think that would have been really, really rough. Like sort of um, the Rage Against the Machine song, No Shelter, that literally is the definition of what I had there. You know, sort of a 100 degrees Fahrenheit, high sun, and, of course, in certain parts of Montana, the mosquitoes are as big as small birds, you know. And so 
I was grateful for a little bit of shelter in the, in our small RV that we had. Um, but then, you know, it, there were surprises all along the way. Yeah, I got cold in Wyoming in, in sort of autumn, but I also got down to like minus one Fahrenheit in Alabama in January. So, you know, the surprises were around every corner. Ultimately, so Rob, what uh, was the inspiration for getting this going and, and, and following through? Well, like to, to quote sort of a forest, you know, to my mama, um, <laughs> you know, sort of she uh, isn't around anymore, unfortunately. Like sort of, and you know, before she passed away, she said like to me, just make sure you do one thing in your life that makes a difference. And of course, I was, I was 23 at the time, 38 when I started the run, and I didn't really know what that was going to be. And you know, sort of, uh, life occasionally delivers you your your path rather than you you actually sort of you know seeking it out. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of suddenly had the opportunity in life to, ha- to have some sort of spare time. Yeah, I decided to quit a job that was sort of grinding me down. And my girlfriend said, yeah, this is probably the time to go. And I went, let's do it. And it wasn't just going to be a single crossing. It was going to be something big uh, for two causes, the Worldwide Fund for Nature and Peace Direct, because they ask Forrest in the movie, are you running for women's rights, the homeless, world peace, the environment, or animals? And those two charities kind of sum those up. And uh, whenever I was, you know, having a tough time, I would think of those two things, and then ultimately my mum, you know, and that kept me going. Yeah, for real. You, um, I, when you're running that far, I know that uh, a lot of runners who figure out if they're going to do a 5K or a marathon or an Ironman competition is that, you know, they're up against the clock. They want to see if they can't make time. What, did you have any of that going through your mind, like, I'm going to make it across North Dakota in this amount of time uh, w- while you were running? Yeah, like, there were definitely a few things like that. I remember on the first leg, I was desperately trying to get to Austin for, uh, I think it was Austin City Limits Festival, and I, I was slightly delayed by that initial injury. Then I had things such as um, I wanted to get to the start line of the Boston Marathon, which I'd got an entry for to actually just almost continue on running. But I um, tore my quad and I was a bit late. I'd still run the marathon. I just got a ride up there from a local runner and came back. But a lot of the times it was dictated to by the climate. I was on leg four. I was desperate to get over the Rockies by Halloween. You know, I felt like Indiana Jones getting chased by that big stone ball in the Temple (laughs) of Doom. And, uh, yeah, I got across the Rockies at 2 p.m. on October the 31st. So, uh, Generally, I was keeping to a fairly decent schedule. There's one thing I was going to ask you about as far as running uh, attire and shoes, uh, because I, uh, being a DJ, we get asked a lot to go cover 5Ks and marathons, you know, where you're the announcer for the day. So there's a friend of mine who was about ready to run in a 5K, and he said, oh, you have to try my shoes on. And they were Hoka brand tennis shoes. And so I, I tried them on, and I went, oh, wow, I'm going to get dedicated to these. They, they feel great. What shoes were you wearing? What kind of uh, tennis shoes were you wearing when you were running? Well, I started off, uh, as you know, we spoke about sort of it's going to be a, an authentic recreation of Forest Run. So I actually started off on the original, uh, you know, sort of 73 Cortez, or, uh, you know, the, the, white, the white shoes with the red flash. Um, and then following on from that, I felt I had to stick to Nike. And uh, so, yeah, I got through uh, 33 pairs of them all told. Oh, man. I figured, yeah, there's no way that anybody's going to run that far with one pair of shoes. How long did it take to wear out uh, tennis shoes? Roughly around 
500 miles and I actually found sort of if anybody does wear you know the, I, I switch between Pegasus and Vermeero because I'm a neutral runner um, and you know it's good to have slightly different feel shoes to maybe stress different areas of my feet considering the distance um, but I would be running along and I'd be thinking oh my feet feel a little bit sore today and I'd take the shoes off and just at the bottom the black outsole would just have started to wear through to a little bit of white underneath so it's like a visual reminder and it was almost exactly around sort of 500 miles so that's not a con to make you buy shoes every 500 miles that's just pretty much what certainly that particular brand's lifespan is you know all right. They well, let me know. Yeah, good advice for anybody who's going to try what you tried, uh, you know, becoming forest and running across the country several times. I mean, Rob, this is amazing. This book is fantastic, and I'm glad that you've got it out in paperback. And uh, I, what a great story, and I appreciate you telling it this morning. Thank you 